All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 37 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we aren't your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. You can stay up to date on Versus Mike History by subscribing to our newsletter and find any further information at versusmikehistory.com. I just told you a little while ago, these leaders that they call leaders, this included Lena Horne, this included Dick Gregory, and this included comedians, comics, trumpet players, baseball players. Show me in the white community where a comedian is a white leader. Show me in the white community where a singer is a white leader, or a dancer or a trumpet player is a white leader. These aren't leaders. These are puppets and clowns that uh, have been set up over the white community and are over the black community by the white community and have been made celebrities and usually say exactly what uh, they know that the white man wants to hear. If you want to make a ginger, give me two if you want me a ginger, give me cocoa. My body beat your love. Come make a, come make a show you my banana. No, they do like ball Yo, 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 what's good, family? We back again for another episode of Versus Mike History. Your boy's in the building. Um, I'm recording this at night. It's the end of the week, and I feel good, you know? Um, a lot of things are changing and happening in my life right now, so I'm excited. It's a lot of exciting things happening, and... Happy to be back to talk to you guys again. A lot has happened this week. Um, I noticed that I spent a lot of time working on what I'd be talking about on the podcast this week. Um, not to say that I'm careless any other week, but I feel like this week especially, there was a lot to touch on. So I wanted to get started by leading with love. Um, I wanted to start by giving a shout out to everybody who's been reaching out for interviews and stuff like that. You know, with covid um still going very hard around the country i've been um you know perfecting this craft of recording by myself and stuff like that but i do realize that things are kind of getting to move on and um i'm willing to start doing interviews again um now that i know the procedures of how to be safe and clean and um socially distanced while conducting these things so shout out to everybody um who's helped me got, get the ball rolling because, you know, um, we got to get this content off one way or another. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out also to Brown Box because I visited their new storefront last weekend um, during their grand opening. Um, I didn't get to talk about it in the last episode because I had went after I recorded last week's episode. So um, I just wanted to give a shout out to them again because I picked up some CBD cream uh, some pain cream that um, is CBD infused and um, I haven't used it yet, but I did try their um, CBD joint of Durban Poison and it was very relaxing and it was very calming. Um, and last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my mom, Dukes, of course. She's helping me decorate the new spot. 
Um, she has the artistic eye that probably inspired me um, growing up. So, yeah, she's help, she's holding it down. She's helping out a lot. Shout out to moms. And we could go ahead and get into the Black Spotlight. So, Spotlight for this week um, are these twins who have graduated at the top of their doctoral program. Uh, and I'm getting this article from Black Enterprise, so shout out to you guys. Uh, LaTanya and LaToya Harris made news back in 2010 when they graduated from high school as the top two students in their graduating class, as reported by Dallas Morning News. At the high school, the Texas-born twins went on to earn their bachelor's and master's in sports management from UT Austin before continuing to obtain their second master's degree in clinical nutrition and their doctorate degrees in chiropractic medicine at Parker University in Dallas. Shout out to these two black women who have grinded and worked hard and have made their families proud, their family proud, and continue to display what it means to be black and excellent. So that's what the black spotlight of this week. Shout out to you ladies, and we're going to keep it moving. Um, Okay, so Jay-Z launched a cannabis company called Monogram. Excuse me, I'm also getting this from Black Enterprise. Um, So Jay-Z... He uh, last July, entertainment mogul Jay-Z announced that he would be joining California based uh, Saliva or or, or Calvia Caliva. I don't know. Sorry. Excuse me. Oh, my goodness. This page has so many ads. I'm sorry, guys. But um, the largest vertically integrated cannabis company in the state and it's as its new chief brand strategist. Now the rapper and entrepreneur is gearing up to launch his own cannabis brand. Monogram is the first brand to launch as part of Jay-Z's new partnership with the cannabis company. A press release for the board brand says that Monogram seeks to redefine what cannabis means to customers today. In an effort to provide a more tailored customer experience, the brand will also launch through a best-in-class e-commerce platform dedicated exclusively to its singular product line. Um, I guess shout-out to Ho for getting into the marijuana business. Um, I'm not... I don't really know why I chose to speak on this. I guess because it does involve the black community and all of these things. Well, it it involves the culture. Um, but, like, I'm not sure how I feel about this, you know? Um, first of all, Jay-Z is already a billionaire and, um, there was some controversy surrounding this story because, uh, someone that someone was saying on Twitter, and I know it's just like, it's always somebody saying something on Twitter, but I saw somebody, um, speaking on Twitter about how Jay-Z is also invested in this company that replaces ankle monitors with an app on your phone. So... Um, on one end, it's a black man achieving the wealth to invest in an industry that, you know, has shunned us and has caused us to be incarcerated heavily. And on the other end, um, a black man is investing into products that kind of keep the cog of um, mass incarceration and industrial incarceration, industrial incarceration, um, moving. So I don't know how I feel about it. You know, um, on one end is shout out to Hove. On the other end is like, well, how is this helping the masses? How is this not just not simply attributing 
more to your wealth. That's how I feel about this. Um, that's just how I'm genuinely feeling. But I wanted to share that story regardless. Uh, what else is on the docket? Oh, BT Hip Hop Awards. So I did choose to watch the BT Hip Hop Awards this year. They came on a Tuesday. And I think that what was most appealing about it this year was the fact that they chose to um, go with 85 South um, as the hosts of the Hip Hop Awards. And this was a great idea because of how the landscape of award shows has changed because of COVID. And I think that it was done. It was done very, it was done properly. It was done probably to the best of their ability um, on the, on the budget that they had. But I do think that the format that they used um, for the award show is a great blueprint moving forward. I think that um, if you like polish it a little bit more and, you know, add a little bit more talent and add and, and up that budget a little bit more, you can have something really, you can do something really special, um, especially if you include the proper designers and everything like that. Um, in terms of everybody who won and stuff, I saw that uh, Rhapsody won Lyricist of the Year, which was much, much deserved. Um, I feel like it's always a travesty when Rhapsody doesn't get her just due as a lyricist and because she's one of the best, literally one of the best, period. Not not even one of the best women. She's one of the best rappers out, period. Um, I saw that Joe Button won Hip Hop Platform of the Year. I'm not sure if that necessarily is a hip hop platform, I guess, because he's a rapper or a former rapper and they all delve in music in some type of way. But I think that that category of awards should be kind of rebranded as like media hip media entertainment. I'm sure that they were just thinking, how can we attribute it and how can we make this award make sense at this award show? But I don't think that you have to include that it's a hip hop platform. Regardless, though, shout out to Joe Button and the guys at the podcast. Um, Tiana Taylor won Director of the Year, which was very surprising to me. Um, I've always been a huge fan of her music videos since she started directing her music videos. And I think that the fact that large institutions are starting to give her her just due as a director is a very strong um, push that her career could be moving forward in that direction. So shout out to Tiana and um, oh, also shout out to Tiana, to Tiana for including my cousin and her um, lose each other video. So uh, yeah, shout out to UT. But yeah, um, what else? I feel like there was something else that I wanted to touch on at the, oh, I wanted to t- talk about the ciphers. The ciphers were trash outside of one um and that's a little bit of an exaggeration but i still don't think that they were nearly as good as they could have been and i feel like most of the attention of the award show uh was probably focused on making sure that it was an entertaining award show outside of the ciphers but this made the ciphers lack a lot the first one with like um I think it was Polo G and Jack Harlow and uh, a couple other people. It was like a Black Lives Matter um, 
cipher and I don't really think that I, I, I understand the sentiment and um appreciate it, but I don't think that that was the right group of people or group of artists to do that cipher with. Uh because they're like all like young up and coming artists and you're making them touch on topics that they don't necessarily talk and talk about in their music. Um but regardless, whatever. The second cipher that I saw was um that was more like a flashy flashier or more um a more liberal freestyle they kind of were able to do whatever they wanted and then the the last freestyle that I didn't see because I turned it off I turned the show off before it was over I turned it off like a half hour before it was over and I missed um the her Tiana Taylor Brandy and uh there's one person I'm missing. It was her, Tiana Taylor, Brandy, and someone else. And they had a cipher and they all rapped and it was real. Oh, and Erica Badu. It was fire. Um, they all rapped, by the way. Uh, and it was easily the best cipher of the night and it came at the end. Uh, so you could tell that they knew. But yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody who mentioned everybody. Shout out to everybody who won and everything like that. The award show was really dope. And if you didn't see it, go check it out. You know, it might be worth your time. Um, what else we got? Okay, so Kendrick now owns one hundred percent of his copyright. And I'm gonna pull up this article to read to you guys um, because I want you to guys to get the full scope of. What I mean by this. So I'm getting this from rap, uh, rapfavorites.com. And it says that after rumors began swirling earlier in the year or earlier this week, it's now official. Kendrick Lamar has inked an exclusive global administration agreement agreement with Universal Music Publishing Group. UMPG chairman and CEO Jody Garrison praised Lamar following the deal, saying this. Kendrick Lamar is not only one of the greatest lyricists that has ever lived, but he has done as much or more than any artist to promote much needed change in our music, music in our society through music. And I and my colleagues at UMPG are deeply honored to be afforded the opportunity to join Kendrick, Anthony Top Dog Tiffith, and the TDE family to help forward his unique and important vision. So, what this means, my people, is that Kendrick Lamar now owns how his music is played, where his music is played, and when his music is played, and what is done with his catalog. And this is something that is extremely, extremely important for all artists to see that is possible. You know, we've had artists like Prince and Michael Jackson in the past who have talked about these types of things. We've had Kanye recently on Twitter talking about things like this. We talk, we have conversations about Hove getting his masters back after inking his deal with Rock Nation and selling his um, stock in Rockefeller to Def Jam and things like this. It is important to own the things you create, guys. I don't know how many times I have to say it. I don't know how I have to tell it to you guys, but if you create something, it is very important that you own it because you don't know you don't know how somebody else is going to use it if you if you give it to them. You don't know how much money they can make possibly off of something that they didn't make 
they didn't create. They didn't put any work into. All they do is just own the rights to it. And they can sell it and they can make all of these other side little things from it. So it is important that when you guys are creating, whether it's podcasts, whether it's music, whether it's writing, even inventing things, even creating things with your hands, get that shit legalized. Get that paperwork. Get that white man paperwork. And um, yeah, um, some other news that I have is that the National Urban League is teaming up with Pepsi and they are they are launching the Black Restaurant Accelerator Program, which is expected to boost boost approximately 500 black owned businesses over the next five years. Um, Pepsi is providing $10 million to grant the fund program and the money will provide current and inspiring black restaurateurs with access to the necessary capital training, mentorship and other services that are needed to run a successful business. So shout out to Pepsi, shout out to the national urban league for stimulating black communities. And we're going to wrap up with my dad and the bounty hunter. So, um, Netflix has announced, and and I'm getting this from shadow and act, uh, Netflix has announced a new series, my dad, the bounty hunter, and it has a primarily black cat, primarily black cat, excuse me. The animated action comedy space series from is from Everett Downing and Patrick Harpin. The voice cast includes Russell Hornsby, Yvonne Orji, Priya Ferguson, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jacoby Swain, Leslie Ugams, Rob Riggle, and Jim Rash. <clears throat> and the action comedy series follows the toughest bounty hunter in all the galaxy, a man with razor sharp skills, but also a secret. His family on Earth, who has no idea what he does for a living. So when his two kids accidentally hitch a ride into outer space and crash on his latest mission, and crash his latest mission, they discover that their average dad's job is anything but boring. So shout out to that. That's coming to Netflix. Mm, I want to say, I guess I'm not saying, but it was announced. So shout out to Netflix for that. And I think that is it for off the topics. I don't have anything else, do I? Oh, okay. I guess I could, uh, you know what? I'm going to go into this here rather than um, <clears throat> getting into it with new music. So I watched um the Mook Tay Rock battle that happened on Halloween. Um and my personal opinion is that Tay Rock won two one. I think that the first round was went Tay Rock's way, even though it was the most arguable round for sure. Uh Tay Rock definitely body Mook in the second round. And I think that Mook had a very, very, very strong third round against T-Rock. So, um, all in all, I think that it was closer than what most people thought it was going to be. Most people thought T-Rock was going 3-0 Mook or Mook was going 3-0 T-Rock. And it actually really didn't even go down that way. Um, the undercards, I will say that a lot of people thought that most of them went the way of, of, of a 3-0. Um, I did see the... I saw the Jerry West and um and 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 uh I forget the other guy's name. I saw the Jerry West battle. I thought that he won that two one. I saw the beat out battle. I didn't really. Mm, 
I don't really know how I feel about that battle still. You know, um, both guys, Holmesy and B-Dot, both, both went off. But I'm leaning towards B-Dot. I saw a lot of people leaning towards Holmesy. And, um, yeah, and those are the only battles that I've seen. But, yeah, I, I got two, uh, I got Tay-Rock 2-1 over Mook. And that's about it for Off the Topics. I'm going to go ahead and get into some new music now. Um, I actually didn't listen to a lot of new music that came out because, um, well, I'll start with this. I want to double down on how good Ty Dolla Sign's album is because it came out last week and we talked about it. Me and Seth talked about it, but it was Friday, so it just came out. But I've had this entire week to really sit and digest it. And one of the main things that I saw a lot of people saying was that um, the it really kicks up in the second half. And while I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment, I do. I have found an appreciation for the first half of the album. Um, this is an issue that I also had with uh, Big Sean's album Detroit Two, because I felt like the reason why a lot of people weren't receptive to how well that album is actually put together is because the first few songs on the album aren't that strong before like we get to wolves and deep reverence and things like that. Um, there's about two or three songs on that on, in the beginning of that album as well. But like I was saying before, I found an appreciation for the first half of the Ty Dolla Sign album, but the second half goes so crazy. Like, that guy is super talented, and the way that he's placed these features to accent his sound and to elevate his sound and to elevate their sound, um, it just all comes together. And you can tell that he has an ear for the type of music that he makes and how he interprets other people's sound and stuff like that. So I wanted to give Ty his props on on featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Go listen to that if you haven't already. Uh, this week, Bust Rhymes dropped a, uh, an album. Um, he released it independently through his label and Empire. Uh, and it's ELE 2, so Extinction Level 2. Um, and this album is fire. You know, for all the boom bop heads, uh, boom bap heads like me, uh, it's straight raps. You know what I mean? The features on this album are incredible. He has a lot of people. Um on this album that attribute well and contribute exactly what they need to. Uh, he has Chris Rock um, doing a narration. He has Pete Rock, Rakim, M.O.P., Bell Biv DeVoe, uh, Farrakhan Speech, ODB, Q-Tip, Rick Ross, Anderson Pack, Vibes Cartel, Rhapsody, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, Nikki Greer, and last but not least, he chose to get this gentleman, who we haven't heard from all year. Just look over your shoulders, honey. I wrote my first bars in the car with Stacy. How bizarre my battle scars at large would lace me. Big marbles, nigga. I lead this new generation, boy. Don't argue with us. Marvelous beat selectors, authors, and all spit us. And it's all for the literature. And it's all for the hideous, the nastiest flows, the chlamydia. Uh, this nigga is nice, I ain't gonna go too, too much into it, but 
Yeah. Um, that was the single that Bus led the album with, which is called Look Over Your Shoulder. And that features none other than Kendrick Lamar. So one of the things that I noticed is that Kendrick is starting to pop up a lot in the press again. He did the the magazine cover with Baby Keem. He's on Buster Rhymes' album. He's making news about getting his copyrights back, which is probably why he hasn't released any music, like, at all. And, yeah, so I think that we're getting to the point where Kendrick is about to release some new music. I'm very excited. I'm very, very, very excited. But let's move on. Uh, Wizkid released his album. Um, That's one of the songs that I played in the beginning. The name of his album is called Made in Lagos. Go listen to that. Um, The song I played in the beginning of the episode is called Ginger featuring Burna Boy. Freddie Gibbs, he released um, a song with Big Sean and Hit Boy as well. That song is called Four Things. It's very dope. Go check that out. And Lil Durk, Black, and Young Thug released a song called Stay Down. That song is um it's pretty cool. It hasn't really grown on... I had to let it grow on me a little bit more just because um, I haven't always been the biggest fan of Durk. I like his style. I do like his style, but um, all of his old stuff necessarily... I haven't always been the biggest fan of, so, you know, I had to let it grow on me a little bit. But that's pretty much it. Uh, Tierra Wack also released a single called Dora, and that is pretty much it on music. Uh, I saw a couple other things, Black Youngster, French Montana, Cal, mm, Chris Brown, <clears throat> and um, De La Soul and Styles P and Talib Kweli, but I didn't get to listen to that record yet, so... I wasn't going to speak on it. And Young Nudie. But yeah, there's a lot of music coming out. It's the end of the year, end of the um, fourth quarter. So you know that a lot of artists or a lot of labels who haven't been releasing music, they're going to dump all of that out now. So go ahead and check out all the new music that's coming out. We can go ahead and wrap up with Grand Army in terms of what I've been watching on TV. So Grand Army is a really good show. Um... I like to say that it is right in between Degrassi and Euphoria in terms of content and how graphic and forward it is in terms of delivering its message. So Grand Army is about this school of students who are either really smart or really talented. And um, the series starts off with this major event that um, kind of brings these group of students together in a way that affects them all in the long term <clears throat> uh, in different ways and um, leads to different events happening throughout the season. Uh, it's only one it's only one season of the show. It's brand new and it's only nine episodes, but I do suggest anybody who hasn't seen it or who needs a show to watch to watch it because you know it's a really good it's really good um it's a really good show you know and I'm not I'm not a big fan of like high school dramas but it's depicted extremely realistically and um it gives you an insight to how the younger generation thinks 
And it's very interesting because they have a completely different um, high school experience than I did. So for older viewers, it's a it's a good insight to how the younger generation operates and how they feel and think in this current world that we operate. And um, it is is very entertaining. And I think that it produces, it causes you to produce strong feelings about certain subjects that we may tiptoe around or um, how we approach them. So I would suggest that show. And I want to touch on Mandalorian because Mandalorian just came back. I watched the first episode that released on Disney Plus and I thought that it was very good. The thing that this show does really, really, really well is um, setting up its story for it to begin for it to have a middle and for it to have an ending um i love that about the mandalorian because it's not a series that takes a story and stretches it out through multiple episodes like there's an there's an episode by episode narrative and then there's an overarching story that's happening throughout the entire season as we've seen in the first season so the story that they chose to start this season off with was really strong and I think that it's going to lead towards a really interesting story for the entire season. And Baby Baby Yoda is as cute as ever and as hilarious as ever. And um, John Favreau is the golden child, clearly, you know, king of the MS, founder and king of the MCU. And now he's taking his talents to Star Wars and he's just making everything at Disney right. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but I've always been a fan of this shit, this series. So most likely it'll go really well. We need John Favreau to, you know, steer the course and the direction of the uh, of the Star Wars universe in the right direction because we could be getting really good stories and we haven't been up to this point. You know, because Rogue One was a pretty good story and Solo was a pretty good story, but they haven't been top-notch, top-tier, you know, all-out, you know, really exploring this universe and exploring how graphic it can be or how dark it can be. or There's just so many avenues that you can go down, and there's so much... um, There's so much source material that you can base stories off of. So, you know, hopefully we see some improvement from that franchise. And, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this week. Um... There's a lot coming up in terms of the podcast. Um, our one year anniversary is this month, the month of November. Um, I'm going to do a small giveaway that's very regional to the New Jersey, New York area. And of course, I have some merches on the way. It's been designed, it's been processed. So once all that gets through, we're going to do the proper promotional tools and uh, get that out to you guys and yeah there we got interviews we got interviews on the way so there's a lot of exciting things that are happening behind the scenes of the podcast and as always send topics questions music and movie suggestions um you can follow the tw- you can po- you can follow the podcast on twitter at vs mike history and on instagram at versus mike history and you can catch me on twitter at mike history and on instagram at last name history I will see you guys next week. It has been a pleasure and good bye.